0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Hope for Heroes, Texas. This is Brad Cornell, and we're serving those who serve us. If you haven't joined us before, Hope for Heroes, Texas, what we do is bring in first responders from around Texas. And, yes, we bring them into the Bevy Hotel, give them a beautiful night at the Bevy Hotel. We give them a gift card to spend right here in Bernie, Texas, and they have an incredible time. And, of course, it's all in the greeting. Well, on today's episode, we have got a fantastic first responder that's going to be sharing some great stories, because that's what we do here. The weight of the badge. Glad you joined us. You've seen it all in his 50s. Well, ladies and gentlemen, here we go again. Brad Cornell here, Hope for Heroes. Yes, go to HopeForHeroesTexas.org. Another episode of The Weight of the Badge, where I bring on incredible officers and talk about just the weight of the badge that they carry every single day. Man, are we ever blessed in this country to have the heroes that we have? And that's what Hope for Heroes is all about. Go check out our website. Come to one of our greetings and meet some of the most amazing officers you'll ever want to meet. It's amazing what our guys do. And so, I'm again, another special day. And if you saw last month's and last week's actually podcast, podcast of the beef initiative you need to check that out if you folks need some beef um hope for heroes you know i'm getting hundreds of pounds of hamburger and so if you have a charity out there that needs some help the beef initiative along with noel and dave out of dripping springs we're handling all of Kendall county here at uh, hope for heroes so if you've got some challenges or you need some beef doggone it get a hold of me brad cornell uh, go on my website hopeforheroestx.org check out you'll see my email address and my phone number and all that and get a hold of me but again today is going to be a very special day you you know, we have these different officers and I've had hostage negotiators on and snipers and all that because you know, we're just civilians out here. I mean, and we don't know all that these guys do for us. And they are trained professionals. We forget that. You know, all these crazy stuff going on right now with the uh, with the media and defund the police and doing all kinds of weird stuff. It's crazy, guys. Man, if we're not out there, you know, saying what needs to be said as civilians, just regular old people out here, but man, without them, we're in trouble. When you were running out and they're running in, they are heroes. And so I'm so excited and so blessed that uh, George Strait let me use his music, The Weight of the Badge, which if you want to listen to that video, go check out The Weight of the Badge because these guys carry them every single day. So today, I have an amazing gentleman on. He's Trent Watts. He's Austin Police Department. 25 years, he has been in all kinds of different situations when it comes to, uh, I guess, Uh, from detective to uh, you name it, he'll tell us all that. But he is in organized crime and human trafficking. He does crimes against children, internet, pornography. I mean, it's just... It's what these guys do. We couldn't. I couldn't handle because I just want to go strangle somebody without even giving them much of a chance. But, but these guys are such professionals. He's an expert in police and in, uh, interviewing and interrogation. He's got a beautiful wife and two daughters. And I am honored and blessed today to have on this program one of the uh, one of the finest officers and heroes in austin pd trent watts trent watts top of the morning to you sir how you doing brad ah man i'm fantastic how
1: are you doing good sure sure appreciate you having me on this morning
0: well i appreciate you coming on i know you're so busy and you've got all these things going on and taking the time to talk to us c- civilians out here because you're uh you're very special and you do some things that uh, we just we just can't even believe this human trafficking and these crimes against children and so we just want to spend a little bit of time with you this morning and i uh i really do appreciate you coming on and so you've been 25 years you've been a uh, police officer what made you want to be an officer
1: it's funny you know in the early 90s i'd I'd watch that cop show and they'd be interviewing the officers and they'd say hey ever since kindergarten i knew i wanted to do this and i thought that was pretty inspiring you know but that, that that wasn't how it happened to me uh it was uh I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, I'd gone to college uh, right out of high school, and I ended up on the dean's list, which not the good list. The other <laughs> list you got to beg to get in every semester. And so I spent a couple of years spinning my wheels, and I was out fishing with my pop. And game warden come by, checked her fishing license, <clears throat> and he was real friendly. And and uh, I was impressed with the way he treated us, and we uh, did a little conversation. And as he was pulling his boat off, my dad says, hey, you ever thought about doing law enforcement? And the first thing I thought is that man's not in an office. He's not in a cubicle. He's not, you know, fighting with the printer. And I said, you know what? I may give that a shot. So I gave another shot at college. And, and when I saw the degree plan, only had a little bit of math on that degree plan, I said, <laughs> you know what? That, that's my path right there. So, <laughs> so it wasn't until later and, you know, later on. So I, it's college years. So I knew I, I wanted to give it a shot.
0: Oh, well, fantastic. Now, were you married before you were an officer? Was not. Because that's really interesting. I've talked to different officers, and it's how, what is the wife, how did she like that when you decided to be a cop?
1: Well, it was, it, you know, we had dated a few times and we kind of, kind of knew we liked each other's company. And then it came up, she said, uh, you know, what are you, you going to do? Your, your criminal justice, all kind of things you can do. And I said, well, you know, I want to be a cop. She was good lord. Well, her dad worked for DPS and her brother's the trooper. And she goes, well, just more the merrier, I guess. So she kind of, kind of was raised in that environment. So it, Transitioned
0: very well. Oh, that worked out good. Well, I know you've been with uh, Austin PD for a long time, and um, I know that there was a. I know we talked about this before, but it's really, you know, your guys' character and the way that you don't quit. You're called to do what you do because it doesn't make any sense to do it <laughs> if you just look at what 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 you guys go through. And I mean, the training that you have and the, all the things that you do, we just are so amazing that uh, that you guys hang in there and do what you do. But I know you were in a devastating wreck years ago, and um, it was really interesting when we were talking because, you know, we don't realize, you know, we what it takes to come back and then to keep doing what you're doing. So just give me a little, folks, a little bit of information about that devastating wreck that you had.
1: Um, I was uh, I was back on the street, you know, doing, doing patrol, and I was uh, backing a partner up on a felony car stop, and, and I went through a, a light there at MLK Airport, and a drunk driver ran the red light and center-punched my Crown Vic and, uh, it shattered my pelvis, uh, had a little bit of brain damage, you know, a little subdural hematoma, and memory problems. And it took a while to come back from that. So they had to cut me out of the car. And, uh, I don't remember much for, for about a week. Um, but I, I, I do remember I woke up in the hospital finally, and I looked up at the TV and my brother from Houston had come in and I said, well, there's my brother. And I see this, uh, Seen this mangled up patrol car on the news. I was like, man, that, that poor sucker, I hope he's all right. So I didn't know it was, car, <laughs> it was your so. car. Yeah. <laughs> what day it was. So, but yeah, that, that was a challenge. You know, it's one of those things that, you know, there's times in your life where you got to dig deep, you know, and unless you're actually in that situation, um, you know, and, and it, it's a challenge. And, and it was one of those things where, you know, there were times where, man, I, I don't want to go through that again. Um, came close to, um, you know, passing the other side. And uh, and it's one of those things. that was a it, it was a character building thing because I, I I wanted to quit, you know, because it was just so hard, you know, getting getting the hips back in, getting on the walker, getting out of the wheelchair, and all that. Uh, and then you know, and improve a little bit, and then uh, move on. And uh, it's one of those things. It was a long journey, you know. Um, but my passion to want to get back out there, um, and it's, it's weird. It's hard to explain why I want it. It's, it's I'm so driven to do it. Uh, I think one of the things is, you know, when you hear bad things happen to good people, it's just, it's sad, yeah. you know? But now you're in a position to where you can actually do something about that, right? And I think that's why I geared myself towards crimes against persons. Uh, because once you hear the horrible things that people do to kids, that how it affects their lives, how, how uh, uh, ladies are trafficked, uh, boys are trafficked, and you hear that pain, now you have a chance to do just a little bit but on the law enforcement side, maybe hold somebody accountable. But more importantly, to get them to find closure, good direction in their life, and get a get a success story. So I think that's what drove me to overcome that. Uh, and I think looking back, uh, it kind of changed my perspective on a lot of things. It was kind of a significant event. I think it made me a better person in that I just I just didn't sweat the small stuff anymore. Small stuff that I didn't have control over. I I you know I didn't I, more worry about what i had control over and i think that actually helped me mature as a person and uh so I, if you were to say would you would you, if you did it all over again would you change it oh heck yeah i'd have, i'd call in sick that night <laughs> yeah. but now that i've gone through it i think that built built me up built my character at least uh, as a person and i'm glad for that
0: well you know, and that's a great uh, that's a great testimony because and I, I like what you said because that's a life lesson that uh, dig deep you know so many times we don't dig very deep and to, yeah, to not just quit and go sit at a desk or take off and do something else but to get back in there and go for it man congratulations thank you Trent for that because you know we need you big time so you're oh, an, you're in organized crime and human trafficking and crimes against children on the internet a crime? Can you give us some information on how's that all work? As far as we don't, it's so horrific to even think about uh, dealing with that. What? How does that start? How do you like? You know, when it comes to the human trafficking, the kids and the little girls, how do they get these people, and how do they even get this started?
1: That's it's really interesting that question because I asked myself that. You know, I did uh, almost twelve years in child abuse. Uh, just because over there, if you see the pain, you, you kind of get addicted to the bad guys, right? So you, yeah. being able to hold somebody accountable, like I said, you get to do something about it. And that was the traditional child abuse. has been around for forever. Um, but the internet was coming along, right? And so we we're getting a lot more victimization online to where people will get into a chat room, and they pretend to be, you know, 12 or 13, and then they would befriend the kid and have them send pictures and have them meet them places and stuff like that and uh you, you just saw the grooming take place um and so you'd have families that would call and say hey, this this is going on and and so you know law enforcement always mind the power curve especially with technology yeah. so uh you know i got on there and i, I they you know they're basically they assigned me so well, you know how to you're pretty good with email you can do the email thing you, you jump on there and do this and i was like what so <laughs> I, I got on there and then uh one of the things that we tried to do, especially when we had like a chat room back in the day that was heavily hit and, and, uh, guys would go and try to victimize kids. is I'd go in there and I'd pretend to be a kid <clears throat> and, uh, they, they'd hit on me, strike up a conversation. And, um, then I experienced the grooming myself, you know, here I am an adult. Wow, These guys are good. These guys are really good. There are times like, you know, if I didn't have the, Mindset, you know, of an adult, what would a kid with without the world experience, I can really see them falling into this trap. And so it's not like they come and yank you right out of, you know, the the, and the honor roll student and yank them out of the window. And it's a grooming. It's, it's all grooming, whether it's trafficking or whether it's child abuse. I see similarities. It just starts slow. How
0: long does it take? Is it, is it, is it a month's, month's kind of thing? Is it weeks? How long does it take for them to get that grooming say to where they can have an encounter
1: and that's that's a good question it's going to depend it depends on their style some guys would yell at me and get mad at me if i didn't get on at four o'clock right after school so they'd use the intimidation technique Mm -hmm. other ones would just listen to all my problems and and tell them how, and they would compliment me the whole time um and use that grooming technique and so that would take a little time um, but the, it just depended on their tactic and whatever worked, you know, I've had some that were, uh, you use the pushy stuff. I didn't bite on that. And so they go to the other side. So they'll switch technique depending on who they're dealing with. They're, they're good at this, you know?
0: Wow. And then, so when you, when you, when you get them, how do you, uh, what is the average? Not, hey, probably not an average, but is there an average age? Is it the 20 year olds that are these the guys that are doing this or the older?
1: It's a whole age range. <clears> I thought, there's got to be one type of person that, that does this. But it's not. Um, I've had all different um, walks of life that I've come into contact with. Because, um, you know, most of the time we we'll just arrange a date somewhere. Right. And then when they show up, <clears throat> you know, we'll be there to arrest them. That then we thought, we already know who they are and all that when they get there. You know? Yeah. Uh, the, the, the professional side of us just goes through with it. It's sometime during the... The legal process, they'll learn that it was an undercover officer. Um, the unprofessional side of me wants to, wants to when we show up, <laughs> and say, hey sweetheart, it's me you're talking. to <laughs> yeah. we, don't, we don't do that. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, but it is. It's it's all walks of life. I thought there'd be a certain uh, category of folks, but it's not. I've I've had twenty year olds. I've had fifty year olds. Uh, I've had uh, professionals, not so professional, and just different walks of life.
0: Gee whiz. So how do you stay so positive with that horrific, this horrific crime? I mean, I know you've got, you've got two daughters. I guess that kind of motivates you too to get these guys off the street.
1: It, it can work against you. We look out for each other, right? So we had a case here not too long ago, and, and one of my partners has a three-year-old son, and the video was of a three-year-old boy being assaulted sexually. And and uh, he just he says, it's too close to home. I said, I got it. So I took it over, and that's how we work with each other. Um, I didn't know, because I, I said the same thing you're saying when I went from, from patrol officer promoted to detectives. It's like, man, how do you do that? Well, when I was, you know, and then I experienced something that I I think was the motivating factor from kind of early on in my child abuse career was that I had a a kid come in. She was 14 and she didn't want to talk. She had mentioned something to a friend who told the counselor and it sounded like she was abused. So she came in to talk with me and, and she just kind of locked up. So I just kind of gave her a little spiel. I said, look, this is your story. Whether you want to talk today, two weeks, two years from now, I said, I'll be here i said it's it's your story you're in control of your information so but i'm here to listen when you want to talk and sure enough that next week I got a call and the counselor brought her back up to, to the office and she spilled the beans about her biological father raping her mm-hmm. and uh, i let her talk you know had some follow-up questions she did a stellar uh victim outcry and that was the first time she had ever told anybody and uh went forward uh you know, got her dad in the box at one point in time and he spilled the beans and, you know, he did a little prison time. And what was kind of unique about this is that sh- I would get emails from her, you know, Hey, uh, graduated school. Um, or she had to quit school. If she actually dropped out. Hey, I got my GED, you know, and then I get another message from her. Hey, I'm, I'm, uh, doing college equivalent classes and, and then, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm engaged. And this is years after, oh, you know, wow. And I'm thinking, wow! You don't realize sometimes the impact you can make on somebody else. Because uh, you know, we go to the next case and the next case. You know, we'll, sure. that's what we have to do. But when when I saw how much uh, you know you affected somebody, if I can be that positive with her life, I said maybe maybe I can do that with someone else's. And that was kind of the motivation to go through all the stuff we go through. Because at the end of the day, you can affect somebody's life in such a positive way. Oh knows it ain't. No. Easy task, keeping us safe,
0: under the weight of the badge. Folks, if you haven't been to a Hope so for know. Heroes greeting, you're probably wondering what it's all about. What we do is get an officer and their family from around the state of Texas. They come into town. They have a free room here at the Bevy Hotel. They know they're getting that, and they're going to get a gift card for the town. They pull in, but they have no idea when they pull up to the front lobby that inside that lobby is a ton of people just waiting for them. The reason is, is we care so much about what our heroes do and how special they are that when they walk in that lobby, oh my word, they get blasted with how much we love them, how special they are. And of course, the people that are showing up, they show up at 9:30 in the morning, get some breakfast tacos and some coffee, and just fellowship until the officers get there. And it's an experience that you're not going to want to miss. Let's get back to our hero carrying the weight of the badge. Kids his You said I'm going to be all right. There's yeah, no, the way this world works now, because it's getting crazy. But so obviously, I guess since you've started, you've seen it get a lot worse than it was when you first got involved doing this kind of yeah. stuff. Yes. What are the, the, the sentences they get? I mean, okay, you arrest them. Do they come back again? Are they just such a sickness that it it doesn't stop? Are we stopping them? How does that work?
1: Well, I'd, I'd like to say so. some <laughs> I mean, of them. You uh, don't know what that is. There's a significant emotional event where they change their lives. May, maybe the threat of being caught again. I think the sex offender registry list is such a good thing. Yeah. Because if we can't keep them away and protect them by incarcerating them from the public, at least to let the public know, hey, this person's in your neighborhood. Um, and, and at least let them know who's, who their neighbor is. Um, I, I you know, people, I say, I, you know, how do you get into the mind of a pedophile? And so well, I don't want to, I don't even want to. Go. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I'm just pretty good. That's at depressing. Um, so I don't know how it works. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, am blessed that I can talk with these folks, um, People say all the time when you when you get one in the interview room after you see what they've done to a child or a trafficker, what they've done to a to a, a traffic victim. How do, how do you keep from you know jumping across the desk? Yeah. And my answer all the time is, well, it's, it's not my justice. It's it's their justice. Oh, that's and, true. And you know if if you know their their case is going well, but it gets thrown out because the officer, you know. Got personal, got personal with him and, and did something to get the case thrown out. I said, well, I wouldn't be able to do it myself. It's not my justice, it's theirs.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, and, and folks, ladies and gentlemen, go on because it really is interesting. You have no idea. I don't care where you live. Go on the sexual registry and, um, and check out the pedophiles in your area, you will be amazed how many are in your area. I couldn't believe it. A little town up in Ingram, Texas, where I used to live, I put that thing. I checked that out because my little grandson was coming up and on the river, and some guy, he said, stopped and was talking to him. So I went on the uh, registry, and sure enough, my grandson said, that's him right there, Grandpa. I said, really, that's his house right there. I'm gonna go have a talk with that guy. So I did, and uh, last time he, a guy drove across that bridge talking to a kid. But anyway, um, yeah, and it was really amazing. How and you need to know who's in your neighborhood, especially if you have kids. So thank you for that, Trent. I mean, that's 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 good stuff, you know. And then as you you know, and I know you're 25 years in plus. Do you see yourself continuing to do this work until you retire or, you know, you've always keep stepping up? I mean, obviously you've got the horsepower to kind of do whatever you like to do, but the impact you're making, do you plan on doing this and training the other young guys? You know, the young guys coming into the force, do they want to get involved in this? I mean, do you train? Because I would think if you have a three-year-old or a five-year-old and man, you want to stop this, but how's that work?
1: I think, you know, my roles changed over the past, I'd say five years, you know, I was really fortunate when I, when I was coming up in the department that I had some guys I really looked up to, and especially one gal who was, who was, you would not want her on your cape because she is, uh, she's persistent and she will hold you accountable, <laughs> and I, you know? And so I was blessed to have all this great training. Right. Um, and so, you know, and I, and I, There were were times I was like, I don't know how to do this. And they would come in, they'd show me, and then I picked up traits from them, and I was just blessed to have such good training. So I almost see it as my duty to pass that on Mm -hmm. Um, because as much training as we get at APD, you know, some of the finer nuances, how do you do this? How do you talk with folks? How do you get somebody to go in there that violated another person? And they know if they tell you, they, they could have their freedom taken away. How do you do that? you know? Yeah. And so you have to, and so it's, my roles kind of changed. I still work cases. I said, but, but it's my responsibility. I feel to, to kind of pay that forward or pay that back. Um, so, you know, I'm always ears. My biggest weakness, even though in my caseload size, when patrol calls says, Hey, can you put on some training? I drop everything I do. I'll train them on their hours because, uh, that's what folks did for me. So I'm just paying that back, but I'm not sure when I'm going to, uh, leave this department. But, you know, before I do, I want to be able to pass on, you know, some of the things kind of I learned on the way kind and of, uh, give it to you and maybe give you a tool for your toolbox.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's fantastic. Well, you know, you've been such a blessing. I know, you know, we all know Ken Cassidy, which just talks about you and he always says in uh the- along with others that I've talked to about you, Trent, because you are very well respected in the APD, is just, you always tell me how amazing it is that you keep such a positive attitude all the time. I mean, you're just a joy to be around and always have such a positive attitude doing one of the most negative jobs I can imagine. I mean, cause it's got to be on your, once you start a case, and it, especially that's why I was asking how long it takes to solve it, because it's got to be on your mind even after work, like, I'm going to get that guy tomorrow, I'm going to figure this out. Because you're always thinking ahead of him, I would imagine, huh?
1: Yeah, it's you know a bit more than one night. I woke up with a bright idea I had to go write it down. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, it, it, it's tough. It's as tough as as our job is. Right, we have to go out there. Uh, we're under a lot of pressure. Um, you, people look at you in a negative light because all the white noise that's going on. When you really want to go up to them and say this is what's really going on, yeah. um, and you have to deal with that. But this this job is is simple, simple compared to. The spouse, my wife is, is, is the most wonderful woman in the world. Uh, all the support she's given, all the way down to the cop parties where she's stuck off in the corner by herself as We're running <laughs> a mouse. I mean, all the little things, you know. Um, back in the academy, uh, we, we got the 10 codes, right? You know what the 10 codes are, you know, 10-4, ten, ten, right. 10 76 and, and you see what the 10 code means because it has the description, what that 10 code means. But I always thought, well, what does it sound like? And, and, and I wanted to get my, what they call the radio ear. And so what I do was, uh, some of us in the in the department got together and uh, purchased uh, a, a scanner at Radio Shack. What, that kind of ages me. I don't think that Radio Shack's around anymore. But we <laughs> would scared. and we turn on, listen to the patrol shifts while we we're in the academy, and uh, listen for the you know get our radio ear. You know how do they actually say it? You know so we don't sound stupid when we finally get out there. Right. Once once you hit the street though, the last thing you want to hear is a radio scanner when you get off work. So I put that in my sock drawer. And what I didn't know till till a lot later is that that night I got in that really bad collision. It was night shift, and my wife would turn the scanner on at night before she went to bed, and uh, she actually heard the collision come oh. out. She knew my call sign. Uh, it came over the radio that uh, wasn't breathing, and uh, it was it was uh, pretty chilling from her aspect. Oh, you didn't wow. know what to do. Yeah. Thankfully she had some, you know, called one of the one of the one of my uh, one of my buddies who went and got her and she was at the hospital by the time I got there. But the stuff that she goes through, uh, I always have to remember. So for every cop that's out there, there's a family or a spouse that's actually allowing and, and making it possible for them to do their job.
0: That's exactly right. And that's why I hope for heroes when we bring the families into Bernie, Texas. I always uh we number one, I always we give the women, the wives, of. uh dozen yellow roses because they're yellow rose of Texas and I always tell them you're the superheroes your husband's a hero I mean whenever they like said you're, you're running in and I'm running out you're a hero but then they're superheroes because if something happens to you they gotta take over the whole family and it's just sad to see what they have to do but man there's women they, you know we, they say stand so strong behind you guys so, thank you for uh, thank you for that. And I just want to say, Trent, I really appreciate you. our time's running short, and I appreciate you taking the time to come on. Hope for Heroes and the weight of the badge, and I thank you for carrying the weight of the badge that you do every day, even though you don't realize it. Because without you guys, this society's in big trouble. So uh, I really appreciate you, Trent, and what you do. And I just we we'll, we'll pray that you'll just continue to do what you're doing and saving these young people's lives that these other people are trying to destroy. And so uh, we just pray you'll stay safe. And I want to thank you again, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on and visit with me. And we'll be talking again through uh next few months. Cause I always like to have the guys back on and, kind of give us an update on some things so thank you so much officer for what you've done trent and again thank you
1: that's my pleasure brent
0: all right we'll talk to you again soon thank you again folks for listening to the weight of the badge and uh, continue to share the podcast go online check out hope for heroes, and hey it's all about um, you guys giving and your um all of your gifts are what makes this all happen that we bring the officers in on the weekends and their families so we want to thank you for all that you do to support our heroes so we'll talk Talk to you again next week on the Weight of the Badge podcast. No, hey, so glad you joined me today. Now, you're going to want to follow us because we've got some upcoming episodes that you're not going to want to miss. See you then. All the bad.